0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Welcome to this edition of Believe in Grizzlies. I have Isaac Simpson of Ethos Grizzlies, and I have Stacey Montero. She's uh one of the aunties of Grizzly's Twitter. We're not calling the ex. So Stacey, you, you you your auntie. You can say I'll your auntie.
2: I'll take it. I'll take
1: it. You, <laughs> you want to call me <laughs> that? I'll take it. You one of the aunties? Look, I'm a I'm a auntie too. Auntie, big right? sis. Isaac, you an yeah. uncle? Or, you an uncle or cousin? Which one? Well, I, I'll
0: take that. I'll take uncle. You'll be the uncle. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah,
1: look. I'll take. I'll
0: take it.
1: Look, got all these grown folks up in here. That's
0: right. That's
1: right. I, I appreciate yeah, appreciate you guys for coming on with me. Uh, I know it was last minute, and, you know, we're dealing with the weather here in Memphis. It don't know what it's going to do, and I don't have any water or whatever, so I might be a little cranky, but okay. So last night, you know, the Grizzlies are dealing with injuries. Um, they basically have Jaron Jackson Jr., Luke Kennard. And the hustle all-stars. Uh, can we call them that?
0: Yeah, uh, the the grizzlies, the, the and Jared and the hustle lets. Go, let's let's call it. Okay, go J-
1: yeah, <laughs> J- uh Jared and the Hustle Lets out playing. Um, they uh was played the Minnesota Timberwolves last night, the hottest team um in the NBA right now. I mean, they're number one in the West. They're playing really good ball right now. But they struggle against the, you know, Jared Jackson Jr. and the Grizz and the Hustle Lets. They really did. Um, and I want to talk about, what do you guys think about Jaren's performance? For me, I mean, he he he. Just, I don't think he liked Rudy Gobert. I don't really think he liked Carl Anthony Towns either. He just went at, at them both. And they had a chance, to me, to win that game. They led it for, uh, you know, most of the game. But, fouled, you know, Jaren got in foul trouble and some other things happened. What are your thoughts, Stacey, on that game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think last night showed us that. I think Jaron. A lot of the criticism with Jaron has always been, um, people have said that he l- lacks that ability to kind of flip that switch or show that aggression on the floor and kind of take it at other big men. And um, I definitely think that last night kind of showed people that Jaron does have that side to him. Um. I mean, he was he was on their heads, both of them. Um, he definitely had the Grizzlies in that game. He was carrying the team kind of on his back. It was in, an impressive performance, in my opinion, from him. Um, he very much was giving it to both of those guys. He, you know, was kind of following his own shot when he did miss. He was going back up aggressively. Um, you know, he was in a little bit of foul trouble. Uh, I do think that Taylor could have done a little bit of a better job, maybe challenging a couple of the fouls that got him into a little bit of foul trouble because there was kind of a little bit of a stretch there towards the end where the lead got away from the Grizzlies a little bit and Jaron was on the bench. I mean, I know Taylor was doing that so that he could put him back in at the end of the game, but at that point, it had kind of gotten a little bit of, the momentum had kind of swung a little, um, and things had kind of started to go the other way. But I was really, really, really impressed with Jaron's performance last night. And I think even the TNT guys were as well.
0: What are your
1: thoughts on that, Isaac?
0: Yeah, man. I I think Jaron found found out pretty early on that call Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, they didn't have any answer for him. They just couldn't stop him, man. Every every time he drove to the basket, man, he he was finishing and they just couldn't couldn't stop it. Uh, I mean, you love to see you, and you can use the tail with Jaron. Like early in the game, if, if he's being super aggressive early in the game, it, it'll usually continue. Um, and he came out, and, and I kind of like that. I mean, they were it was kind of due to attrition and injuries that they have, but he was kind of playing point center uh, right. a little bit, bringing the ball up, yeah, bringing the ball up the floor, and just kind of going straight to the basket, putting his head down. Um, and, and one thing about about Jaron is he usually has his best games when when jaw either Ja or Bane or both are not playing. And you you got to find a way to kind of figure that out with both of those guys on the floor because he can do this always. Like he can always do this, and you see, you see these big time flashes. You're like, man, if he could just ball that up, and he could do this on a consistent basis, and you add that to what we had with John Bain, man, that's that's a, that's championship. That's the championship core right there. There's no question about it. But they definitely had a chance to win that game last night. I think we've seen over these last several games that these guys aren't quitting. It, it doesn't matter who's on the floor. Uh, we've lost Bain, obviously Jaw's out for the season, lost Marcus Martin. These guys are still going out there competing and even beating some good teams on, on that West Coast road trip. They just had um, and It's it's fun to watch uh, the development of young guys. We've seen Gigi really take off. Um, didn't have a great, great game last night. I think a lot of that had to do with some up stuff. I'm sure we'll talk about that. I uh, don't necessarily like the way that Taylor Jenkins deployed him last night, but to see these guys still fighting. I mean, this is one of the top two teams in the league. I, I don't think, like, as Stacey said, I don't think uh, Richie Miller, I don't think they expected, I think they expected that to be a blowout last night, and it was right. anything but that, that final score, that final score doesn't, is not indicative of what that game really was. The Grizzlies will compete to that game. That just kind of got, got out of hand there at the end, but the Grizzlies really played well last night in that game.
1: They really did. And for me, it's just like, I had no expectations of, you know, of that game. You know, you just yeah, want same them, here. you just want them to go in there and play hard. And I was thinking, I was saying for the game started, don't get blown out on National TV. Don't get blown out. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> with with the
2: way the with the way Minnesota's been playing, I honestly was expecting it to go very much in the opposite direction. You know, they've been playing super well. You know, they've been able to kind of bust the heads of some other teams who are at full strength. So, I was very worried that last night was going to go in the opposite direction. And of course, it was a nationally televised game. So, I was like, here we go. And I was, so, I was like, okay, my bad. You bad?
1: Right. And and it was like, it was good for Shaq and um, Charles Barkley to give Jaron Jackson Jr. his prop because Jaron was on one last night. People, seem just mm-hmm. people, you know. I know people early in this season was trying to say that he's soft, he hasn't improved or whatever. But that man has been proven game by game. Some nights, you know, he's still off, but you know, he still get a chance to get to the line. He's averaging twenty points. His rebound numbers are going up. He didn't have that many rebounds, but that, that they weren't using him like that last night. And then um, for me, it's just like he's doing so much on on the offense that uh, it's bothering his defense. But it's just like, it's going to get better. And then I'm just looking at the fact that this is going to help him next season when they have a fully healthy roster. It's going to help him because he'll still have the confidence knowing that, hey, I can go out here because last night he was the best player on the floor, undoubtedly. He was the best player. And I blame Taylor Jenkins for not challenging some foul calls. On this, I was mm-hmm. mad at Taylor Jenkins. Were you? I mean, you holding the foul? You holding the challenge till Saturday against the Bulls? I was mad at Taylor Jenkins, and I was mad at something you I'm gonna tell you why I was mad.
0: Yeah, at I was Tom- gonna say. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say, yeah, with with Taylor Jenkins. I mean, we've seen him do this time and time again, especially with Trip. And it, it, if you look around the league, and you have your your main guys. You don't see other coaches fouling your fouling your own guy out. Like they need, especially as short-handed as they are, you can't stand to have Jaron out the floor for these long stretches. Uh they kind of survived it in the third, uh, but right. I think early in the fourth, it kind of kind of got away from a little bit. That's when when Minnesota kind of opened the lead up. uh they were able to kind of battle back in it, but you can't have him out the floor like that. And like you said, that fifth foul, especially, I think he should have challenged it. You can't, like you said, you can't take that into Chicago with you. They're not gonna give you an extra challenge because you didn't use it last night so right right yeah Taylor Jenkins with the game management and stuff we've talked about that it's just I don't know man his feel for the game situational basketball he just a lot of times just doesn't get it and I think this team loses games a lot because he makes bad decisions Uh, especially in close games in the fourth quarter late in the games and we saw that last night some lineup weird lineup stuff last night as well in that fourth quarter and he does it time and time again man and that I think that was big last night. Not necessarily that they would have necessarily won the game, but I, I think they could have been in a better position to do so if he had kind of made the right decisions there down the stretch.
1: And then for right. so, go ahead, go ahead, Stacey. I, and we're going to get well, back – I'm going to go back I, to Sonzie like, so I can – I get this <laughs> out my chest.
2: Yeah, well, just what Isaac was saying, like, you, you just want your coach – and the staff behind him to set the guys up to be in the best position possible to win the game. Exactly. Right? Like you're not saying Taylor makes one decision here or there, and it's going to change the entire outcome, but you want the staff and the, and the and the head coach to be doing and navigating all that stuff the best that they can to put the guys in the best position to win. And sometimes they are just not, they're not with it. And they don't, they're, you, the guys are putting their best foot forward for the most part. Like, you know, some some guys can't play beyond what their skill set is. Um, they're doing the best they can, but none of the guys out on that floor want to lose the game, obviously. Everybody's out there. They're playing their best. They want to win. And so, you know, sometimes I just feel like, again, like Isaac said, Taylor's game management or lack thereof with doing things like challenging a foul call on your best player that may, you know, keep you from having to sit him when you're in the close game in the fourth that he's your best player like and again the challenge doesn't follow you you don't get an extra one in your next game so use it it's i mean who gives a shit if you lose the timeout because you can't
1: right you know exactly you don't get the
2: call overturned it doesn't matter like if it's going to keep him on the floor longer use it so
1: it would have kept him on the floor it would have kept him because that challenge would have been Oh, it's her because you can see that Alexander Walker put his arm um up into Jaren Then he flopped. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, y'all. I hope we get that $2,000 flopping fine because, like, yeah. And then let's get back to Sonsi. I was so mad at him last night. I'm glad Jenkins fooled him. Two straight positions. He went down there, try to play hero ball. Luke Kennard wide open calling for the ball. It's frustrating. Luke. It frustrated me. It probably frustrated everybody else. It's just like, why? I mean, it had been going on all game, him and um Gobert, you know, John at each other. so Yeah, that,
0: that's what that's what it was. He, Salty, you, was are not, to, you are yeah. not
1: you are not Jaring. You ain't bane. No. You ain't jaw. You can't do that. He kept blocking your stuff. You missing. Give the ball to the hot man. Luke and our they was down six. I was looking at the score. They were down six. Luke had a hit of three. They would have been, th- uh, would have been down three. Minnesota would have had to call a time out. Every time Minnesota was making a run, the Grizzly were coming back like they did in the, in the third quarter. Now, if he had two straight possessions, two straight possessions that change the complexity of the game, change the momentum because Soncy did that. I'm glad Jenkins pulled him, but it was too
2: late. Too late. Stacy, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah. Go ahead.
2: Well I just I think it kind of goes back to wondering what the coaching philosophy is, right? About how they coach those guys in clutch moments on the floor. Like, I think at some point we've all kind of wondered that because, you know, how many times have we wondered like why they don't feed Jaron the ball, right? When he's got like a smaller defender on him or when he's got somebody in the post that we know he can take, but they don't feed Jaron the ball, right? So I think in my mind last night, all that told me was that over the years, it has not been drilled into their head from a coaching standpoint. That when you're in a clutch situation like that and you know that you've got a hot shooter on the floor, that you shouldn't be looking to get the ball to him if he's open, which is a, that's a coaching issue. Whether the players aren't receptive to it or if it's not something that they, from a philosophy standpoint, that Taylor has worked into his game plan. I don't know which is which it is, but it's, it's very clear to me that that's a problem.
1: Isaac,
0: what, what are your thoughts on that situation? Yeah, it, it's a good thing to empower your players. I I think you want your coaches and coaching staff to kind of have that relationship and have that trust built up between your players. But I think at times, I think Taylor Jenkins is probably giving his team too much freedom. Um, I think there was one point, that, that game winner that, that Ja hit in his return in New Orleans, Desmond Bain made some comments out of that game and said that, they were saying go, that they were going to play, play to Jaron, that Jaron, they were going to go to Jaron in the post and Bain was like, no, nah, we're going to job. So that kind of gives you a window into the coaching staff is not really making these decisions. The players are kind of doing what they want to do out there. And I, I think you see that with this team a lot. Like you, you'll see Roddy call his own number and, and take a lot of bad shots and he doesn't take him out of the game. And he still just kind of lets him do this stuff. And, and I think that's what it is. I think, a lot of times they just kind of go off script and just kind of go out there and do whatever they want. And then Taylor Jenkins doesn't really throw, drop the hammer on him. Now, last night he did pull something, but a, a, as you said, Shida, it was a little bit too late at that point. It was. Um, and I think Sonny, yeah, Sonny was kind of gassed up off of that situation he had going on with Gobert. he was trying to go at him and just really kill two or three straight possessions there. Um right. Like you said, at Luke. Wide open, and you know if Luke Luke was upset, and Luke is a mild mannered guy, he doesn't right. usually get upset. If he's upset, you you know it's something wrong.
1: And then there should be a pecking order. It doesn't seem like it's a pecking order. Something, dumb, you are not better than Luke Kennard when it comes to shooting. You're you're just not. There should be a pecking order right now. You know what I'm saying? Jaren Luke should be a pecking order, but it's just like uh,
0: listen, Luke was, was hot.
1: Yeah, I listen to Breland yeah. like. I listened to Brevin Knight when he was on the Anthony Stane show. He said, like, with the bench and whatever, and I was thinking about conchar last night because Conchar went to – he had, like, two DMPs or didn't play or whatever. Then he went to starting. Players need to know what their roles are. They need to know. It needs to be defined. And I think that's, you know, the Grizzlies problem. Some of these players' roles aren't defined. You just can't go out there and do what you want to do. You can't do that. That's what they pay Jenkins for. And I think that good, you're a player, coach, or you know whatever. But people need to know what their roles are. And sometimes you see these players doing stuff that they should not be doing. And then it's just like if you if you would pop or anybody else, you are gonna sit down at the end of the bench. You're not gonna play. You need to know what your roles are. And I don't I don't think those roles are defined. And I really don't. What you think, Isaac?
0: no i i agree with you i don't think so that's why for, for the last few years i've always wanted them because if if you're a certain way as a head coach you need to have other assistants on your staff that kind of pick up on your weaknesses if you're not a guy that's a authoritarian that you're not going to get on guys you're not not going to discipline them and, and kind of be that force you need other guys on your staff to do that and and I, I don't think they actually have that on this staff. And they they brought in Anthony Carter, which I think was a positive. But I think they need more guys like that because it just feels like, feels like this assistant staff is just basically yes men. Like, if you watch the timeouts, uh, now Darko, uh, I think, was the exception to that. I mean, I think they really miss him this year. But that's kind of another story. If you watch them doing timeouts, it's just basically Taylor Jenkins. They're just standing around, the assistants, just standing around with their arms folded. Like, they're not really engaged. Like, if you watch a lot of other staffs, You'll see like assistant coach pulling guys over, like in their face, talking to them, th- th- telling them, instructing them. You don't see a lot of that here. I mean, Marcus, you see Marcus, John doing that more.
1: Marcus Smart,
0: the assistant coach. Yeah. If you hear me
1: tell it, I'm, yeah, I'm saying. I'm sorry to, you say, no, I'm sorry. Doing that more. yeah, I, I'm sorry to <laughs> interrupt you. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh no, no, you're fine.
0: <laughs> stay so, some, I mean, you know. yeah, you see Marcus Smart and John over helping guys more than you see mm-hmm. uh, the assistant coaches doing it. It's just, I, I just don't think there is enough structure. Uh, with with this coaching staff, and I think that, again, that's why you see a lot of the stuff, late-game mishaps that you see in the game because they're just kind of out there off script and don't know what they're doing. Like, even out of timeouts, like when he calls timeouts, late-game situations, a lot of those situations, if it it ain't, just go get a bucket jar. It's usually a mess. Like, it's out of timeouts uh, on end of games. And that's just kind of a window that shows you that I don't think there's a lot of control there or structure there when it comes to things like that
2: go ahead, Stacy. Well, so, you know, Isaac, you brought up earlier the New Orleans game when, um, when Ja hit that, the bucket at the end to win that game. And, you know, when they were in the huddle, they were talking about running a play for trip. And, you know, Des was like, no, your are Ja Morant. Basically, we're going to get you the ball. You're going to go going to right? Th- he
1: said F no." That's <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I, I'm trying to keep it PG. Sharon, you can say okay? you can say you can say what you want. I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> so,
2: you know, I think in that scenario, I Isaac, I'm gonna keep it hundred with you. I doubt the the coaching staff is probably not even the ones that were suggesting running a play for Jaron. That was probably Ja and Des essentially like just talking amongst themselves. That's probably them just seeing what they saw on the floor. You know what I mean? So like yeah. I think I think that was just Ja having a feel for the game, reading the defense as the point guard, knowing that him and him and Dez were seeing a lot of different coverages, right? On the floor. Like they know that Des is his shooter. So they were probably thinking, okay, they may go for a three. So Des might catch a double. They know that John ja may go, you know, he may try to drive or whatever. So they're probably gonna try to double him or whatever. And so he was thinking, like, let's run a play for trip. They're probably not going to be expecting that. And Des and probably Jaron too were probably like, no, Joe, we're putting the ball, we're putting the ball in your hand. You're going to go win this game. Here's what we're doing, right? But as far as like them, if 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 Taylor wants to be all buddy buddy with the big three, and doesn't want to like be authoritative or piss them off, fine. But everybody else has to know their role, like you said. Exactly. Shannon. Everybody exactly. else has to know their role. There are other players on this team that cannot go from sitting there behinds on the bench for three games, not touching the floor, to all of a sudden being in the starting lineup. Number one, it's just not good for for anyone involved. Chemistry. Chemistry issue. It's not good for chemistry. Continuity. For all of It's not good for the plays <laughs> and the offense that you're trying to run on the floor. I mean – how would anybody that's seeing any minutes in any lineup know how to play well together or have any type of cohesiveness to their game? You know what I mean? Like, it just doesn't even make sense.
0: And, and I'm, I'm going to say, especially when you're dealing with young guys and you're trying to develop these guys, correct. they really need to know what, what exactly. their roles. like. Exactly. The way he used it like, differently last night than he had the previous games, That. That was weird. And John Contrar starting last night. I, Like I said, I, when, when I saw that pop up, I was like, are they showcasing him or something? Because he had two straight DNPCDs CDs before it did. It just, you just throwing him like, in the starting lineup randomly. It's weird.
2: Right. Like, it's, it's. Uh, and I get it. I know that, I get that we're, like, limited with who's available right now. We all understand that. Nobody is blind to that fact right now. But, like, it just, it, it things just come out of left field with them so often that I'm like, what are we doing? what's happening and why and it's like I don't know you know they're, they're never transparent about anything so half the time we don't know what's going on about anything under the sun anyway but I do think it makes it harder for some of the guys that are more towards the end of the bench to build any type of cohesiveness with the guys that t- they typically see playing time with it does make it harder for them to kind of build chemistry and get better and I think from a mental standpoint for somebody like Zaire who we see to tend to struggle when he's on the floor that probably plays a big factor in it if I had to guess
1: yeah but I mean it is what it is with you know like with who they have on the floor but like I said there needs to be a pecking order there's no way in this world Nowhere in the basketball thing that some say y'all should have more shots than Luke Kennard. No way. Oh, no. Luke know. Luke Kennard asking for the ball, you give him the ball. Instead of trying to do arrow ball, they were down six points. And I just can't let go of that fact. Minnesota made a run. They were down six points. Had he passed that ball, Luke could have hit a three. I'm just, I just yeah. can't get off that. Where you think that you think of yourself more than the scene because you and Rudy had something going on. Take yourself out of it. You can't be doing that. I mean, it's just like it's ridiculous and had hey, Luke frustrated. And like you said, Luke mad man, you don't see he frustrated because you're not giving me the ball. It's just crazy. And I just don't sometimes I just don't understand how things go. And then like people, other people looking at it, and you know, TNT, you know, they was having their love fest with Minnesota and all this and that, but man. I'm so proud. I'm so proud of Jaren. He, I mean, what do y'all think about them two dunks he was on Rudy's head, man? Ooh, yeah. Stacy, you, you, was... you go first.
2: Stacy, you go first on this one. I mean, listen. The one of them that on the was it on the broadcast or was it on the Twitter clip that they showed? The block, they cut the block first, and they didn't. The, they cut the it block first, before, yeah. before they showed him doing yeah. and I was like, "Why are y'all doing my man like that? Come on now!" Right? That they cut it. Annoying. Yeah, they cut yeah. it before the, the, commercial, they break. It. Yeah. the yeah. commercial break. Yeah, one the commercial Like, come on, not y'all, not y'all running this for my man, Jaron, making it look like Rudy just swatted him with no recourse. Come on now. Um, no, listen, I I've never liked Rudy Gobert ever. You think he's he runs his mouth a lot.
1: Apparently Jaron does don't
2: either. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying that he's not a good basketball player. I'm just saying he gets on my nerves. So anytime that Jaron goes right at him and is on his head, I'm like, absolutely. So yeah, seeing him on his head twice last night, I was like, okay, Jaron, appreciate it. Let's go.
1: Isaac, what are your thoughts on those two dunks?
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of either one of those dudes, Rudy Gobert or Callen Towns. They're both corny. They're always talking, and it, it was just fun to see Jared and go right at those guys. Because there's some uh, 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 some people in the fan base there that, that have been on the train of us going out and getting the Towns and I'm not saying Callen Towns. You talking
1: about uncle Carl? I'm
0: not. Carl <laughs> Carl. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not saying the Towns is not a really good basketball player, but. There's some things about him I just I, I, don't, I don't want no parts of that, but what? yeah, it was it was it was great. In to... This
2: fan base that called Jaren soft and they want us to go trade for Carl Anthony. That's what yeah. I'm saying. That, right, they, right. And he's that the first
0: thing I'm talking about, the main that person that called Jaren soft. Come on, now. he's like the leader of it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you you, you called Jaren soft, but then you want towns, man. I, it doesn't Lord. make any sense, but but yeah, man, he was he was going right at him. You had that one, like you said, they didn't they didn't show the dunk, they didn't show the block, but that second one, man, I mean, that Ooh. was full yeah, that extension. was like that's I a poster.
1: Yeah, he had him on like skates. I mean, he was just moving it. Rudy was trying to move it, and he just, oh my, because I didn't know Jim was gonna do that. You know, I don't think he's just no, he just gonna throw it
0: up. He it. Yeah. Right. Usually <laughs> he, he just throw it up and lay it up or something. He he had a he had an agenda last night, man. He was uh, he was on the head, man, no doubt.
1: Yeah, I guess he was like, man, y'all, y'all not finna do this. But I'm like, man. So, okay, so I was thinking, I told some several people this. If Jaron played like he played last night, there's nobody on the Chicago Bulls that can stop him from doing what he did last night. They need other people know their roles. I think they can beat the Bulls. What about you guys?
0: Yeah, I think these next two games are winnable. Uh they got Chicago coming up and then after Toronto. After that, Toronto just moved Pascal Siakam. So they're kind of in this transition period, and Toronto kinda came in Memphis and Kind of put it on the Grizzlies uh, of a, a few weeks ago, so they kind of owe them one. But I think both of these games are wonderful. When you look at Chicago, if, if they play the way they played last night, they're going to beat Chicago. I, I don't think there's any question. Um, and it's like I said, for for me at this point, it's not as much about wins and losses. Um, I'm just like to see the CD guys if they go out there and compete and play hard like they've been doing uh, these last several games, man. Even if they lose, I'm I'm happy. Like I didn't, I wasn't upset last night at all. Uh, about that performance man it's good to see Scott, especially Vince Williams Jr hopefully Gigi gets back in there um he had kind of an off game last night and I think a lot of that Taylor Jenkins was playing him in some weird lineups had him and Zaire on the floor at the same time which I didn't like uh but I wish they could, had just went with Gigi uh, a lot of that time but hopefully he gets back on track because I think his development um it's really going to be fun to watch down the stretch hopefully Scottie Pippen Jr now that he's kind of been with the team a little bit. He's been there for a game. Hopefully he gets a run. I'd like to see him and, and what he can bring as well. Uh, but I, I definitely think this is a wonderful game. Um, this team is not – they've shown that they're not going to lay down. I know we've kind of started talking about the lottery and where they're going to be there. I mean, this team, I don't think they're thinking about that at all. I mean, this team is going out and competing, trying to win games. Um, and, and some people are like, oh, well, they they're, they're not going to win a game for a month. Um, I was having a conversation, I, can't, I think it might have been Dez I was talking with, said he doesn't think they're going to win a game this month. And I was like, man, it's... this team competes too hard to to go right. out there. They're not going to lose every game. They're going to win games here and there because you've seen what they did. I mean, that's one of the best teams in the league last night, and they had an opportunity to win that game. So, exactly. This team is not going to lose every game. They're going to go out there and play hard. They That's one thing they do. This team is not going to lay down at all. Stacy, what are
1: your thoughts on against Chicago?
2: I definitely agree. I think I think anytime Jaron plays like he did last night, he's gonna he's gonna be able to keep them in striking distance. Um, especially if somebody else is on. Like last night it was Luke. Um so I think if there's a secondary contributor alongside him, um that's a scoring threat, then you know, more often than not, they're gonna be within striking distance from a team. I think it's gonna be be rare that we're going to see them just get blown out maybe on like a back-to-back or something sure um but like Isaac said those guys have too much heart they play with too much pride none of them are just going to be like screw it you know we've been through too much we're, we're losing too, we've lost too many guys like we're not we're out of it so you know we're not going to win games like that's just not in their nature um you know with Chicago I mean I if they play like they did last night, I think we'll win that game.
1: And, and um, I'm thinking that uh, Scottie Pippen Jr., they may, you know, give him a run, you know, um, against Chicago. Because, like, having a point guard is just like, point go- I mean, guard. I say guard. A, a PG. Having nobody to facilitate. I think that, you know, it's messing with the lineup sometimes because people don't know where they need to be. Things of that nature. You know, sometimes the offense is in shambles. But I think that mm-hmm. could, you know, uh, help them. And, I, I um, agree. And then I was looking at the assists last night. Um, Xavier Tillman, he has the highest assist total with six. Hmm, that's interesting. Vincent Williams Jr. behind him with five. So it's just like they need more facilitation. You know, I like, you know, Jaron started out the, as a point center. Things like that. You know, he was going at Rudy and... um. Paul Anthony Towns, but I think they need to have somebody out there to facilitate better and you know run the offense better. Cause it, it seems like it got better when uh Gilly got out there, but the people they had in the lineup with him, sometimes that didn't work. <laughs> and it's just I like it, it, and then it's just like sometimes you know the guys that you have, but mixing them up is the best option. Cause I, I just don't understand sometimes, but you know, like like I said, like I've been saying. Sometimes Jenkins' situational awareness is not there. I I just don't understand. I just don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, I think having a
0: a designated point guard, I think, would definitely help because they're just kind of letting everybody bring it up. I mean, you saw Jaron, like you said, at point center at time. You saw Vince bringing it up. You saw Contra on the ball. You saw uh, Luke Kennard on the ball. Sunday Aldama was on the ball. Pretty much everybody that played last night uh, even Tillman uh brought the ball up uh sometimes last night. So they all just kind of share the point guard duties. Um if you I, I think Scottie Pippen, I think that that's a really good signing. It was surprising because I thought they were gonna sign a big uh mm-hmm. with that open two-way, but Scottie Pippen Jr., I think has a lot of potential. He's not, he needs to work on his shooting. I, I think that's it, that's his biggest shortcoming. He he's not a great shooter, but he's a scorer. He right. can get to the basket. Um, he's really solid defensively. I, I think they might have something there. He could be end up being a guy long-term that you could look at as your backup point guard because he has pretty good size as well uh, for a point guard. It's like six three, So I- I'm interested to see. Hopefully they get him some playing time because, that, again, that's what I'm looking for down the stretch, more so than win the losses. I just want to see these young guys get out there, compete, uh, soak up this playing time that they're getting. I mean, like I said, they found out through attrition that they had a play- player in Vince Williams Jr. I kind of already felt like he should have been playing even before and even last year at times and I think they would have found that out even sooner. Uh, but just glad he got that opportunity. Glad Gigi has this opportunity because he definitely wouldn't have, if this team was healthy, you wouldn't be seeing him right now. Right. So just let these guys get out to get a play in time because it's going to be valuable going forward because you're going to see what you got in these young guys, and they're going to be more equipped to help you next year even when the team is healthier. It's just going to make the depth that much better. Right. Any
1: closing thoughts,
2: Stacey? <clears throat> no, I mean, I – like. I agree with you guys, especially about having a designated point guard. Um, I know before Marcus had his finger injured, um, everybody was kind of thinking it was going to kind of take over the PG duties. But once that happened, I was like, everybody's like, oh, we just won't have one. And I was like, Uh I know that there are teams that do that, but I would like to not be one of them. Like that just has always seemed like a bad idea, in my opinion, for our team, um, and maybe a lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, Taylor already likes to run out some very, very bizarre lineups um, that are kind of patchworked and yeah, he, thrown together. He just throw anybody um, out there. Man. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. so I'm like, the last thing we need to be doing is, like you, like you just said, having all five people that are on the floor together at one time taking turns bringing the ball up. Like, no. One needs to be we need to have point guard. That needs to be the guy facilitating and initiating the offense. That way everybody else knows their role. Right. We can actually run some stuff. That'd be great. But I, I You
1: know, when you was, was talking, I would just remember when Jaron was bringing the ball up, he went behind the back. Behind his back. He was dribbling behind his back, and then he went up and got um, a layup on Rudy. I was like, oh my God.
0: Yeah, <laughs> man. Like, seven <laughs> footer, man. I mean, they are not I'm many like, seven footers that can, can make oh that, my God. that
1: was man. I was like, oh my God. No, he did not just do this man like this. But I appreciate you guys coming on. Um, I got to have you again. Uh, we got to come back and, you know, next time to talk about, you know, some trades or whatever, what they're going to do with the trade day line. So I'm going to, you know, I got to have you guys back again. I think it, this was a good combination of having you guys both coming on. I really appreciate that. I'll holler at y'all Absolutely. later. Sounds good. Yeah. Thank
0: yeah thanks uh, for having me. Definitely. All good right.
1: Time. Okay. Bye bye. I'll talk to you guys later.